0: So if you could be here around nine, that would be great. Okay? Well, listen here.
1: Hello, I'm Miss H, and today Mr. O and I will be discussing episode five of season two, Love During Lockup. On this episode, Justine shows off Michael's toenail he mailed her, Melissa meets Louie's yoga instructor, Rutu. Chelsea meets Mikey's mom, Cincere dumps Mark after finding out he's talking to four other women... Ty meets up with Boston, and Jessica paints with Dustin's family. If you like what you hear, please give us a rating, and if you watch 90 Day Fiance, check out our other podcast channel, 90 Day Mk, Teachable Moments with Miss H and Mr. O. Thanks, and have a great Thanksgiving weekend. Hello, Miss H. Hello,
0: Mr. O. How are things with you?
1: Uh things are going okay. How are things with you? It's Thanksgiving week. We have much to be thankful for, right? Uh, yeah,
0: much to be thankful for, including a very short work week for me.
1: Oh um, yes, same here. And uh apparently we completely missed this, but last week was our two hundredth episode.
0: <laughs> yeah, about that.
1: <laughs> okay, well congratulations to us, I suppose.
0: <laughs> well it was our two hundred wasn't our 200th episode for
1: this show. Oh pff, you're, uh, on the- you're thinking the wrong, wrong show. What's wrong show? I was going to say, our uh, one of our anniversaries is just come and gone, but how long has it been that we've been doing this on this show then?
0: This one's been, I think it's like, it's almost, it's around 120, something like that. I don't yeah. have it up on it right now.
1: Yeah, but two years at least doing this show, right? Yeah,
0: because this one's had a lot of uh, breaks in between, right? So, yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah, definitely. Okay, well, you know, speaking of anniversaries or milestone celebrations, let's start off with Justine and Michael, who just got married, by the way. Justine is visiting with her cousin, Mariah, who is immediately impressed by the car Michael had bought her for their wedding. Mariah is checking out the memory board and uh, that's on the wall. Justine put together the things Michael had sent her, while which includes a toenail. That's the highlight of this memory board. Thankfully, the blood, blister, and semen he sent her in the mail is not prominently displayed. Justine admits that, yeah, they're a sick couple. Justine calls Mike to tell him that her cousin is over and that Mariah is skeptical of their relationship. Mike says that he can't live without her and she means the world to him. We also see a blinged out necklace that Michael brought her that says Juju, but that prompts Mariah to ask, where is he getting the money? And Michael jokes, the lottery, and then gets saved by the end of the call. Mariah questions if the car is stolen and suggests that she take it in to get it checked out. But Justine doesn't think Michael would be so stupid to get a stolen car because in a few weeks, he'll be out and he'll be driving that car too. All right. So what do you think? Do you think that Michael won the lottery or he's getting this money illegally or this is just some money he's had saved up? It
0: might be money. I mean, it it was all illegal somehow or other. It might be illegal (laughs) money they didn't manage to find before he went to prison. um, Because my understanding is that's pretty much how he made money before he went to prison. Right. Was just was just that. So. um Yes, it definitely seems like something he did not get, just certainly not from his music, right? Right. And he didn't have any other job before here, so I really don't know where it came from because he certainly didn't didn't win the lottery either,
1: right? Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, I think we all knew that that was a har har joke, right? No one thinks he won the lottery, but
0: nobody thinks his music makes money either. Like, how could you make not?
1: I think they think it does because, I mean, Justine keeps on saying, oh, well, Michael's going to go back to the studio and that's how he's going to make money for us.
0: I think he might have been laundering his drug money through his music career. Gosh. Um, And that might. Right. That might be where it came from. (laughs) Yes, it did come from my music career. Just like, you know, that you know gangster down the street not gangster he it, that came from laundromats all of his money came from laundromats oh you see?
1: goodness yeah I don't know yeah I mean I like to think that he got the money you know in legal ways but it also seems like this is a poor use of it
0: yeah I mean it, yeah because how much do you think it was yeah like if it's not if it's not that much, he hasn't been able to make more. Like, is right. a Mercedes SUV and silly and this bling and like stuff that that's what you're coming up with. Like, even if I was her, I'd be like, I'd like to live in a nicer place than just right. jewelry.
1: Yeah, like it looks like she has her bedroom like in a lofted area. Yeah, which is fine. It's just not super large, and I feel like it's gonna get cramped. Like once he's there and has his stuff in there.
0: Right. And because in all the kids and stuff, they take up a lot of space. Right. And yeah. so I it just it, it. My priority would definitely be a bigger living space. But mm-hmm. it that's not showy. I think they're both they both care about the, you know, display of the money rather than the actual
1: money. I can money. see that. That's kind of like part of being in the, the music biz, the yeah. rap game, you know, is flaunting what you have.
0: Yeah, I mean, the the one that, the thing that got me at the beginning, it just he, they talked about it, they showed this little dream board, the one with the toenail in it. Oh, God, like, yeah. I, you know what I feel bad for? I feel bad for like the mail carrier. Somebody had to be like, somebody had to carry that man's sperm to her.
1: <laughs> yeah, incredibly concerning.
0: Um, No, but he had like a mask and he had like a little note that said, if we were the last two people on Earth, I would still let you have my mask. And I was like, if you were the last two people on Earth, You don't need to wear a mask. Oh,
1: my goodness. Yeah. I mean, it seems like they are into each other at least. But I'm still waiting to see out of prison, Mikey, and if he's even going to be faithful because his mom certainly doesn't think so.
0: Yeah, well, for sure. And then her friend had, you know, she was the one. couple times we heard the phrase in this episode of uh, jail talk.
1: Right. 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 So I really hope that this is a couple that is going to appear on Love After Lockup because I don't know if we're going to have enough time in this season to see him actually be released. And if it is, I get the feeling that it will be the very last episode and it's because they're trying to tease this couple for the next season.
0: Yeah, that sounds about right.
1: Because isn't that what they did with Harry and Indy?
0: They did. They did. And like, at least he, we have kind of a countdown. We have a, it is just a matter of weeks.
1: It is, before yeah. Before he
0: gets out. Not like some of the other people where it's like, you know, years before they'll be getting out.
1: God, yeah.
0: All right. So, moving on. Let's let's just start. Let's talk. Let's talk Ty. Speaking of people who aren't getting out for years. Uh, so, we get straight to it with Ty. She's just holding a bottle of wine and calling Boston because she wants to meet up to talk, which Boston is surprisingly okay with but she just wants to double check and make sure you just want to talk and not attack me correct Uh, that was not really correct but (laughs) anyway so she's like when do you want to meet it was like how about right now so I guess Boston wasn't doing anything else so Ty tells us that you know if Boston acts stupid she's going to act stupider she just wants the truth and needs to hear it from quote little miss Boston because she knows that Hottie is just going to if she goes to Hottie to get the truth He's just going to lie to her. So it seems like she's making some strides here. Yeah. So it looks like Boston shows up late, but is there kind of not to stir up the shit? Like last time she was there literally to just troll and antagonize Ty. Yeah. Um, But this time, you know, not so much because she's dressed up, as Ty says, like a Berenstain bear. Well,
1: she she pronounced it Bernstein Bear. I Beren was like, Bernstein Bear. I don't. Yeah. I, was I don't like. Uh. <laughs> know
0: how that was true, but because I guess she had a skirt on. I don't. I have no idea.
1: She's wearing blue. I have no idea. All right. She.
0: She asks Ty, being she, she asks what's going on with Boston and Hadi, and she says, "Well, they're engaged, and they're planning on getting married when he gets out." So now that Boston said when he gets out, and she already had this plan to marry him while he's in prison, she's mm. taken into "I'm the winner" mode. Um, and then – so she pulls her chair over so, just so there's not any obstacles in the way when they're going to start fighting, I guess. Oh, God. Um, so she asks Boston, like, what are you planning the wedding? Because hers is coming up first. And maybe Boston could be a flower girl. But this is the first Boston has heard that Ty is engaged to Honey. God. And she says in an interview that she's upset about it. So mm-hmm. now Ty starts like, poking at everything. Like, she tells Boston she has man hands and, like – She's waiting because Kaoka gave her her ring instead of, I don't know, somebody else. But then eventually Boston pokes back and saying, Ty should just get off Hattie's dick. And Ty flips the table over. Oh, like, God. <laughs> just flips it all the way over. And Boston just sitting there in her Berenstain Bear outfit just being like, hi. And then when she calls her childish, she comes yeah. back. And then Boston, having seen this movie before, keeps her distance from Ty. And But I say <laughs> distance. I mean literally across the other side of the street yelling at her. Right. Just yeah. like I'm not coming over there, and then, I, then Ty just kind of like, I don't know, she has a come to Jesus moment or something. She just all of a sudden on a, on a dime insists that she came in peace, which Boston doesn't believe because yeah, she's always so hostile. And then Ty, is, that was the bones the my the favorite part of this whole thing is Ty says I'm not always I'm not hostile, and she's like you just flipped over a table. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So anyway. This is where Ty just has like a uh, like I said that real quick switch in her head goes off and she says, "Well, it's Hottie that's been mistreating me," and he, she can see now that everything he promised Ty, he promised Boston as well, and since they both be, and they both now been made a fool of, so she says she hates Hottie now and that she can see that Boston has the same. She thinks Boston's kind of come around and hate Hottie too, so she asks forgiveness from Boston, who says like, "I guess," and they hug and everything. But in the interviews, Boston was like. Well, I always thought I would win, but I didn't think it would be like this. We have some things to talk about. <laughs> yeah. So she's still banning on, on getting together with naughty And I guess that's where my question starts. Like, what's wrong with Boston? What is, why is she like, all right, well, I uh, my other man was engaged to somebody else. But, you know, she got freaked out and left. So I win. And I'm still going to do this. Why?
1: Yeah. Uh- know why but this person is someone who has shown a history of being invested in this man i mean she's been with him for 11 years and it's not like she didn't know that There were other women because, I mean, she's been trying to run all of them off. I mean, that's how, you know, uh, Ty even figured out Boston exists in the first place. It was Boston was, uh, you know, calling her phone obsessively when her and Hottie were, you know, first talking. So Boston seems like, you know, she she's playing by last man standing rules and so she's kind of like, yeah, this is it. I think she thought that she was winning and that she, the game was over and she'd already won. Right. She was like, game over. I'm engaged. So, I mean, I agree with Ty. Like, Ty was like, I believe Boston. I could see the hurt in her eyes. This woman is telling the truth. And yeah, you could just look at her and she looked like she wanted to cry. Mm-hmm. And um. You know, and so I think that she was caught off guard because she thought that she had won. And I think that's part of the reason why she came to this meeting, like, not as hostile as she was the first time when they met you know like there was really no fight in Boston at all in this episode I feel like it was Ty instigating the whole thing Ty the one being badly behaved Boston actually this time she was just like I'm you know she said that uh, you know comment about you immature and then she saw the reaction she got and I swear she had like this look of terror in her face as she like was trying to run away like oh god I said the wrong thing you know so she's not trying to do anything. I I honestly think Boston thought, oh, the game's over. I've already won. And she had no idea that this was still going on.
0: That sounds right. That sounds right. I just but I also think that Ty didn't get what she wanted. And I don't Mm -hmm. think she never said what she wanted. I think what she wanted, she really wanted Boston to say, yeah, let's both break up with this guy.
1: Yes, I agree with you, too. And I feel like that's the reason why she was really trying to play up how terrible Hottie was, because and I that thought crossed my mind, too, was, you know, she's trying to make it so no one's with this guy. Right. Because
0: the way it works now is the guy who mistreated her, the guy who was terrible or lied to her Mm -hmm. the whole time. Whatever. He's still engaged to engage somebody. He's still going to get yeah, married.
1: He's got someone. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I, I felt like she was also trying to make it so they weren't together as well. And then it kind of made me wonder, because Ty is manipulative like this, if she was trying to get uh, Boston to see that, just for her to turn around and be like, that's my man now.
0: Which would be, I know, that's just crazy. But I, at the end of the day, we kept saying, well, what's Hottie's game plan? How is he going to make this work? And I think <laughs> this was the game plan. They'll figure it out.
1: Yeah, whoever wins, wins. Yeah, yeah. whoever wins,
0: wins. They'll figure out, and I'll be with one of them at the end, and that's fine. Whichever one.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, ideally, neither of them should be with him, and it makes me sad that Boston is really just like, I don't know, she just seems like a very defeated woman at this point. Yeah. You know? And But, like, even in the sense where it's like, oh, I'm defeated, like, he did this to me. Well you know I guess hopefully, we'll have to talk about it. Yeah, like, hopefully we'll still be getting married. It's just like, "Oh no, don't do it." Yeah. It was
0: that was it was really really bad.
1: Yeah. Yeah, but I mean, Ty is just so rude. And yeah. so it's just like her kind of flipping, it just seems so dis genuine because it's like you were literally just making fun of her appearance, you know, making fun of her man hands, like saying that he didn't love you, bought her a cheap ass ring, you know, like all this stuff. And it's like, how do you go from that to like turning it around, being like, I love you, man. Like we well, should she went, rise up against the other guy. Yeah, she like, went no.
0: from that to I'm going to kill you. Mm-hmm. To, oh,
1: right. She did threaten her life. Yes. Right.
0: To to. Yeah, let's. Please let's have a hug because and uh, uh, commiserate this way. This both this man mistreated both of us. She just right. she's so unstable. She has just such an unstable personality.
1: Yeah, and I and it was just not believable when she said, you know, all of my hostility is coming from a place of hurt. She tried to play that card, you know, oh, like yeah. I'm I'm hurt. This is the reason why I've reacted this way, and it's like. No, you don't. Real seem genuine now. You seem seemed way more genuine when you said, "I'm gonna kill you." Right.
0: Well, she just the 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 very like ideal of someone who can dish it out, but you can't take it.
1: Right. And, then, oh, and
0: everything. Absolutely. Right. She dishes yeah. out. She's gonna you have man hands. You're a cheap ass ring. And like, man, you're childish. And she's like, what? And just explodes at her. I know. Like she can't right? take anybody saying anything to her. This and the same way she plays all these other men, she's talking to yeah. all these other guys, but you 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 have somebody else on the on the table, and it's I'm so hurt, I'm so hurt, I'm gonna flip over tables and threaten lives.
1: Oh, it's yeah, like no, I know, you,
0: right? If you dish it out, you gotta take it.
1: Yeah, yeah, definitely. All right, Tal, let's move on to Mark. I don't want to say Mark and Cinceré because it looks like Cinsere is out after this episode. (laughs) We open up on Mark outside ordering some guy around to fix things around some building when his friend Dennis shows up. Mark tells Dennis his vision is to convert this building uh, with a space for a drive-through sperm donation. Mark is looking at converting one of his properties into a home for single moms since he says that they are an underserved group, and he's trying to make it sound like he's being altruistic.
0: Yeah. Right.
1: Oh, It's like, hmm, that sounds suspicious. Your drive-through sperm donation at the single mom house? Like, what is going on here? Anyways, uh, Mark Mark tells Dennis about Cincere and his idea for impregnating her early so he doesn't have to wait eight years for her to get out of prison. Dennis is thinking, that's all sorts of no written all over it. At that moment, another prisoner, Kirsten, calls. He tells her that he has an 11 bedroom property that he's trying to double and make a home for fresh out of prison single moms like herself. Kirsten thinks it sounds good and she would be interested. Dennis overhears the conversation and is basically rolling his eyes, telling us that Mark is always doing something strange, things that most people would never do. Dennis thinks it's weird that Mark is finding random-ass people to board in an 11-bedroom house. Mark then gets a call from Sincere, and he wants to try and merge the call with Kirsten. He tells Sincere that he wants her to meet someone, so he merges the calls and introduces them both as... People who are both in prison, and maybe you guys have stuff in common? (laughs) He then brings up the idea of Cinsere being pregnant again, and she interrupts to ask, how many prisoners are you actually talking to? And Mark quickly says four before moving on to comment on how he cares about what's best for her no matter what. Mark then asks if Kirsten would get pregnant to get out of prison early, thinking that she would help convince Cincere of his ridiculous plan, but instead Kirsten says she would not get pregnant and his plan is stupid because she's been pregnant in prison before and she didn't get out early. But Mark reasons that she had a short sentence and he thinks if she had a longer sentence, then they would have let her out early. Sincere is fed up of this harebrained scheme and says she's not getting out any sooner than six years, and what he's proposing could get them all in a lot of trouble. But Mark says she's not, she's already in trouble, so it doesn't matter. She says that she could get time added, and she's not willing to risk that. Kirsten has to go, but Mark can't tell who's who anymore on this call. So Kirsten leaves the call, and Mark, thinking Sincere is the one who left, tells Sincere that... She was supposed to sell Sincere on the pregnancy plan because he doesn't think she's going to get in more trouble. Sincere reveals that it's not Kirsten, and Mark makes up some excuse that the audio was weird on jail phones and he couldn't really tell who it was, and Sincere just says she's done because she doesn't feel comfortable with him talking to so many other women. He tries to say that Kirsten's just a friend, but it's too mm-hmm. late because Sincere has hung up on him. All right, so, okay. You had mentioned to me right before that you, could, you could, couldn't count... The number of stupid things that mark did in this episode but y- you appeared to have had a list so i'm gonna let you run with it what is your list of stupid things mark has done in we'll the-
0: start with the the name of his sperm bank vacation was going to be mark's come and go oh god <laughs>
1: no, <it's> so terrible <laughs>
0: yes so the the sperm you can't decide if it's going to be a sperm bank or uh
1: a drive through a, a shelter
0: for a oh, drive through. how how does that work how do you have a drive-through sperm donation center? Well, he
1: said he wanted, to, you know, he wanted people to be able to roll up in their car, do their thing, and then leave. So it's like like a drive-through. I don't so really understand. So he wants understand.
0: to have a place where there's people parked outside masturbating. That's what he said. That's his, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's his much. business idea. <laughs> pretty much. <laughs> Just to be clear. Yeah. Oh. So let's start with that. Yes. The God, business yeah. idea of a drive through masturbation center. That seems that,
1: like a biohazard to the nth degree.
0: Um, that is also going to board single moms with children. So now there's going to be children at the <laughs> masturbation center.
1: By the masturbation area.
0: <laughs> and like, so we're, we, got, we got that. Like he has this whole plan to just get random Prison moms to live in a house?
1: That- I Yes. Why are you trying to do that with the sperm donor? That's to me, it seems like, oh, my God, this is some weird like human trafficking. Like
0: Yes. It just sounded like human trafficking. It sounded. Yeah. And it was just like, I don't. And, and based on everything we've heard from him so far, mm-hmm. I do not trust his motivations for why he wants to have dozens of desperate single moms around him. Like, right. I, there are a lot of very, very creepy, very evil reasons that a man like him would want to have a bunch of desperate single women around. Like, yeah. And I don't like many of them.
1: No. Yeah, that's that's really interesting, too, because I was going to say where I live, it is actually illegal for more than five women to live together in one residence because there are brothel laws, which seems like odd. You know, it's like, why would that, you know, be a thing? But it's like they're in Vegas, so they're clearly not brothel laws. But this is starting to sound like the makings of a brothel for sure.
0: It's like. And so, basically, it sounded what he wanted. To, what he wanted to do was like a halfway house for single moms. But yes, he doesn't have the licensure or the know-how or anything to run a halfway house. So it would be like have to be like after the halfway house type thing. There's no way he's keeping drugs out of this place if he wants to, right. if he wants to do it like that. It's just he has no idea what he's doing.
1: Well, also, his idea of trying to double the property, he wants to take an 11-bedroom property, and he said that he wanted to add 12 more rooms. That is concerning in itself.
0: Yes. I I don't know if he has to know how to do that or, like, if he's just going to just be – I mean, he just sounds like he's a slumlord at this point, right? Yeah, yeah. Somewhere between a slumlord and a pimp is what he's going for. God, yeah. And that's before we even have the phone calls, right, where his – the phone calls where he immediately admits to to speaking to four other women, which doesn't know about, and d- breaks it to someone that he's speaking to other women by putting her on the phone. Right, right. Like it's and and then still is stuck with this idea, but everyone keeps telling him that's not the way it works. Right. And he's like, yeah, but it is. And he, they're like, no, that's not the way it works. And he was like, I think it is. And you're like. Listen to somebody else once.
1: Yeah, but let's listen to the person who was in prison and pregnant. And then, of course, he has to, like, reason around that. He's like, oh, well, that's because you only had a short amount of time left. So they figured, oh, you could just serve out your.
0: I know at some point you'd be like, oh, is that what your law degree taught you, Mark? Oh, the one you don't have, you have no idea what you're talking about. Like, he has no idea what he's talking about.
1: He keeps on saying, I think he's like, I think they wouldn't make someone stay in there because that's too long to like be, you know, your ch- uh, child is motherless. You know, I think I think and he keeps on saying, I think it's like not based on anything other than he doesn't think it's a decent thing to do.
0: Right. Well, and I I, I found somebody online on so on like, you know, read the right there. Um, political thoughts, and they have like a, this idea and they call it the Shirley exception, right? Mm-hmm. And they think of when someone hears of a really like unconscionable law that gets passed, and why do people like support it? And they support it because of the Shirley exception. Because mm-hmm. they're like, well, surely, like, you know, we're going to lock up everybody in prison. And they're like, well, surely if they got pregnant, they let them out. And it's like, right. well, no, that's not part of the law. And they're like, yeah, but surely they would. And it's like, no, <laughs> like, right. and. That's kind of where he was. He was like, well, that doesn't seem like we would do that. And it was like, but we yeah, do. Yeah, but it
1: happens. You're talking <laughs> yeah. to someone. I don't know why you don't believe her. Oh, yours was a short prison sentence. They would yeah. never do that to someone who has eight years left.
0: Well, and just he's he's, he's not the kind of person that can admit that he's wrong. And no. he's just so wrong about so many things. Like, who hung up the phone on him? Now, I have a feeling I that Mark- I could
1: tell immediately. I was like, how could you not tell? I could tell. I mean,
0: I thought because here's why: because Mark, maybe unlike you, Miss H, is no stranger to having people hang up on
1: him.
0: Oh God! <laughs> and the way Sin was talking, it sounded like she was going towards the hanging up. Yeah. Right. The, sure. This is dumb. Why are we talking about this? This isn't going to happen. And like that's those are the preludes to somebody hanging up on you. And so like mm. I think he missed the part where where Kirsten said whatever she said that made it clear that she was the one leaving. Yeah. Um,
1: she said she didn't have time left. And she has a very different voice than Cincinnati. That's how I knew. And I was like, why is he? I was like, did Kirsten leave? I, I I wasn't sure. Like, when he, you know, started off with the, Kirsten, you're supposed to tell her.
0: Yeah, it was right. Because I mean, that's, that's even, even if you're pretty sure you know who left, uh-huh. you kind of do that, oh, is she gone? Are you still here? Okay. Well, he Before did. You start,
1: okay so he did he was like kirsten and then since he said yeah
0: oh <laughs>
1: so i mean i kind of get why he thought because she didn't say oh no this is sincere but also there was just a bunch of confusion on the phone yes you know because when you have like calls that you know like you have a three-way call it's like she was probably saying yes like are you talking to me Uh huh. like it could have been that you know so
0: right so and then just on the and then so I mean he and let's hope let's let's hope that since Saray runs for the hills now because oh yeah because she went all the way back to the beginning she was like yeah let's go back to the beginning part where you're talking to other people that I didn't right. know about like yeah it's and it's, and, he, and she's right like what does he think's gonna happen like because does he not think that they're gonna be like you've been locked up in prison for three years mm-hmm. and now you're pregnant I feel like you may have smuggled something into the prison.
1: Oh, my god! I feel like you
0: may have broken a rule somewhere along the line here.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, OK. And that and it's like it really bothers me that it's like Mark is trying to bring a child into the world, not because he wants, you know, a family, this person clearly doesn't want this child. She's already said this is a terrible idea. So it's like, you just want to bring a child into the world as your pawn to get someone out of prison faster? Like, that's messed up. What's wrong with you? Well, I
0: mean, do you really want to wait six years?
1: It's like, ah, uh, Yeah. I will wait 6 years if it means not bringing a child into this world. Like, who's going to provide for this child, Mark? Are you? You're talking to four other people. Who knows? Maybe he's trying to push this pregnancy plan on four other people.
0: And I I really was wondering who this guy that's working with him is because
1: Dennis or the other Dennis, guy?
0: Dennis, yeah, Dennis. No, the one he was talking to. Is it an employee? I mean, what cuz I just and
1: Dennis sounded like he was just kind of like uh, it didn't, it kind of seemed like it was his friend-ish.
0: I thought they worked on, I thought he was a, a, a some sort of business connection, but it was the kind of business connection. It was like, listen, this dude is just going to spray money all over the place. And, yeah. uh, you know, much like the outside of his donation center. Oh, um, <laughs> gross. And, and this guy's like, and I'm just going to be nearby to catch as much of it as I can. Like, right. like, he did not seem to think Mark... He was not trying to convince us that Mark was really smart. He was like, I don't know. He's always coming up with the craziest ideas, like, putting 20 people in a house. Oh,
1: my gosh. I know. Like, <laughs> thankfully, I feel like Dennis also knows how full of shit this guy is, though. Yes. So, I feel like if it came down to, like, Dennis having to put up his own money, he's not going to do that. Right. Like, right, right, Mark, right. Like, Mark, how are... It's like I don't understand people like Mark in real life. Like, how are they, like, functioning? And are they even remotely as successful as they try make themselves out to be? It's well, like,
0: me, yeah, he should say he's like, I have real estate in five states and buildings. But, I mean, if there's one thing I've learned in recent years, it's that the, in certain businesses, the people that are successful aren't mm-hmm. the ones that are the most smart, the most capable. It's the ones that are the most shameless.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, he's that.
0: He certainly is that. Like he yes, certainly is shameless. Is that.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's sad to me too that these people claim to be software engineers like him and Colt from 90 Day Fiance. I, it's like I this would, is not what I want as representation of computer science. <laughs> I
0: know. I really, really would love to see him just explain a linked list to somebody. Like. Oh God. You know,
1: <laughs> oh, God. It's like, can you pretend to be some other profession and yeah. just leave computer sciences alone? I know. They have enough to deal with with their stereotypes. Like, they don't need you. Yes.
0: <laughs> he definitely did Strike me as somebody who does a lot of things. And then he make, made a web page one time. So he's like, well, I'm a software developer now. And uh, <laughs>
1: Right. I could, I could see that as well. Because I feel like uh, when I found out what Colt did, I want to say it was like, Software adjacent, but this guy is not like a hardcore he, developer. He, he, he,
0: I thought Colt programmed uh, slot machines.
1: Yeah, maybe. Thought he like wrote
0: the the you know proprietary code for slot machines, but which is. Fine,
1: uh, I also but... want to say though, I think he went to like a technical school or something. So, mm-hmm. yeah,
0: mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. But just a lot of people have say if my job involves code in any way, software developer. That's Right. Fine. Yeah. Sure. Sure. All right, so, speaking of people making... Just stick with people making just awful decisions. Oh, God. Um, let's go with Jessica and Dustin. So, it's the meeting between Je- Jessica and Dustin's family. And, you know, they always have to have, like, an activity while they meet. So, mm. the activity they've chosen is one of those, you know, art places where you paint wood with stencils. They're all over the place. So, April, Dustin's mother, and Desiree, his sister say that Jessica is certainly his type. Um, you know, kind of long, dark hair, dark eyes, that kind of thing. So they see where the attraction comes from. So she says that his, her attraction to him was the face tattoo and oh the God. way and also the way he creepily stared at her. So questionable choices. <laughs> then after some wine, she says she has enough liquid courage to show off to them uh, what she got for Dustin. The huge tattoo of his last name that's just all across her abdomen. And like, by abdomen, I mean like belly button down. So, and down far enough that she had to pull her pants down that you could see it. Oh, gosh. So, it was certainly something. So, she says that there's no chance they won't mesh when he he gets out, and they're going to be together forever. So, her daughter Bailey then asks Desiree, well, how many relationships has Dustin been in? And it seems like that's a hard number to pin down because... He doesn't really do relationships. So he, but she does kind of end up saying, that well, he's never actually been loyal to a woman. So, and also that they kind of suspect he may be engaging in that jail talk we heard of earlier because this has been the pattern many times. Like he always has a woman that's going to be the one when he's in, and then that lasts a week after he gets out. So Desiree, she is, she's heard all of this before. And when he gets out, he's just going to go back to his weed and his meth. So April, um, the mom, says that his addiction has always gotten in the way of any kind of relationship, which is a big shock to Bailey, who is now scared that Dustin is just going to, you know, drag his mom into that world. So it's also a surprise to Jessica, who doesn't seem to have realized how big of a drug problem this guy had. All right. Um, So they leave the store both nervous. So let's go in with that. This is, you know, the first of. A few where it's like, I mean, how, how much would, do, I mean, you would, how much do you think she's going to doubt herself now that she, because I think at the, at the first episode they were like, does he have a drug problem? He was like, no, now that like she has been lied to or like deceived at least about mm-hmm. this aspect mm-hmm. of his life, is, is that going to put any kind of doubt into her head?
1: I think it will, but just because you have doubt doesn't mean that's going to change the course of your actions, because clearly some of these people, like, it's not that they don't see the red flags. It's just that they, I don't know, think it's part of what relationships are supposed to be well, they like, They rationalize
0: right? the red flags. They're like, right. yes, that's a red flag, but it would be a red flag for most people. But in this right. case, but this I exception... I love
1: this person, so... It is not a red flag any longer. Um, yeah, so I mean, she most certainly has seen drug addiction. But, I mean, she's been in the jail system as an employee. She knows how drugs affect these people. Well, I've She knows nurse
0: too, so she's definitely right. seen it. Sure,
1: and so she certainly knows that this is a serious thing. And I think it probably, I would hope, is kind of starting to make things make sense. You know, like his past, you know, maybe even just how he's behaving now. I mean, he she should really listen to the sister. The sister like knows and she's keeping it real. Yeah. Um, But I think what ultimately i like to think is that her daughter, Bailey, is definitely having doubts. Sure. Right. And. I mean, she could potentially rationalize like, oh, well, Bailey's an adult because Bailey's going to be 18 very soon and off to college soon, mm-hmm. according to the timeline of this show. So she might just be like, whatever, every man for themselves, like once you're a legal adult. So I don't know. I like to think that she would make better decisions because she's got a family.
0: Yeah. Well, she also says that, you know, my daughter's really close to me and mm-hmm. her things mean a lot. But then it's, oh, it's always, I mean, there's a definitely certain kind of parent that is like, yeah, 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 that's all nice and fine. But when it comes to a disagreement, I'm older, therefore I'm wiser, therefore shut up.
1: <laughs> yeah, but here is where I doubt that wisdom in Jessica. Well, I mean, I Is know, that big yeah. ass tattoo? <laughs> I was like, oh, this person clearly does not have, you know, the intelligence oh. that I'm thinking of. Like, has she even, like, met him. Oh yeah, she did. She met him in real life because she met him on the job. But yes. it's just like you don't know this man. That is the biggest, most obnoxious tattoo. That was like so big. How are you getting that shit covered up when things go south?
0: Yeah, that was and We don't we didn't see I don't I don't know for sure, but it's not like she was Chelsea, for instance, who has a bunch of tattoos already, right? Mm-hmm. It seemed like if she has tattoos already, they're probably small and it, like can be hidden. And this yeah. one, to be fair, can be hidden because
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's below the pant line for most people. Um,
1: right. But I mean, but you're also assuming that, like, you are going to be this is the last man you're sleeping with ever in your life. Yes. Because if another man comes along, you really want to show him that? No. That's well, I mean, terrible. I mean,
0: think about it. Yes. I mean, That's definitely – okay, I'm backing up, too. I'm backing up because that's his last name, all right? Yeah. If I have business down there, I don't want to be looking at my last name. (laughs) That's weird anyway. Uh, Why would I want
1: that? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I'm going to hope that it's, like, kind of in the dark, so maybe you just don't pay attention to it.
0: But it just, it, it's just and, – and we saw this before because Lacey has a similar tattoo in yeah. a lower location, I believe. Um, it just is like – I don't understand what kind of guy. Eventually, you're going to do it in the light, right? Wants mm-hmm. to be in the middle of that being like, yeah, that's my name.
1: Well, maybe <laughs> right? it's like, an eyes up here situation, right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I, I'm saying It's weird enough. To have to look at your own name. It definitely is not something like the next guy you're with is going to be like, okay, there's some other dude's name that I'm just right here. Like, Uh, here we go. At that point, you
1: lie. You're like, oh, that was my dad's last name. Yes, I got my dad's last (laughs) name
0: tattooed in giant letters right next to my jettles. That is a right. fantastic. This is a classy lady. <laughs> but it just seems like a really bold first tattoo, if it is, you know? Like, I
1: know. like, kind like of, that is aggressive. Like,
0: my understanding is a lot of tattoo artists, like, do not, like, won't do face and neck tattoos unless you already have tattoos. Hmm. Like, I, I think some will. You can find one that will, I'm sure. But, like, oh, sure. I've definitely heard that as a policy of, like, no, I don't do face and neck tattoos unless they have Well, she used to work
1: in the prison. I mean, this could be some prison art, you know?
0: It it, it had the prison art style with the writing, that's for sure.
1: Definitely. But once again, you would think she would know better. She's a nurse. Like, let's not get a prison style tattoo. there's a lot
0: of things that she would know better. But, I mean, look at her
1: eyebrows. Oh, gosh. Well, all right. So let's move on to maybe someone who's got the same philosophy with eyebrows, Melissa. So Melissa visits a pizza place to meet with Dirk, who is Louie's former's boss, uh, and they're still in Atlanta. Dirk has only known adult Louie, so he asked Melissa what he was like in high school. And thank God Melissa did not go on and on about how hot Louie was. Dirk says that the path he saw Louis on, most people uh, thought he would die. So Dirk says that when he first met Louis, he was clearly an alcoholic. Louis had moved on to oxy, and he would hole up in the bathroom for long periods of time while on the job. So Dirk ended up having to fire him. Melissa didn't realize that Louis was an addict, and it was the first time that she really had to consider making sure that, you know, when he comes out, that he would have to stay clean. Dirk tells Melissa that Louis has been trying to live a healthier lifestyle and mentions yoga. Melissa asks him about Route 2, and Dirk just brings up how Louis is a ladies' man. Dirk also says that he offered a job to Louis when he gets out of prison, which surprises Melissa that there is another piece of evidence that he's going to be staying in Georgia after he gets out. She's feeling like she's been strung along and lied to this whole time. Melissa says she'll just have to ask him when she sees him. Dirk mentions to us that all addicts he's ever known are very excellent liars, so he's sure Louie is lying to someone. But Dirk thinks it would be best for Louie to stay in Georgia. Melissa gets into the car and immediately calls Louie, saying they need to talk. Louis tells Melissa that he's on probation when he gets out and he has no idea how long that will take, so he might as well get a job since he'll be forced to stay in Georgia for some amount of time. Melissa brings up that his mom told her he was going to get yoga certified by RUTU and Melissa asks who she is. Louis immediately gets angry and tells her that she's the freaking yoga teacher who came to the prison. He tells her that's all he has to say and the conversation is over with, and Melissa asks if he's telling the truth. Louis doesn't really answer her, and now it's up in the air whether or not Melissa will see him the next day. Melissa notices that Louis got over-the-top mad when she mentioned Rutu. Melissa decides that she's going to go to Rutu's yoga class because she wants to find out some things from her. She doesn't tell Louis because she's afraid he will warn her. Melissa is already intimidated by how cute and fit Rutu is. Melissa understands why all the prisoners took yoga in prison, and she wonders what Louis was actually looking at when he took her class. Melissa goes to introduce herself as Louis' girlfriend. Ruchu tells Melissa that Louis was a, was very dedicated to yoga. Ruchu then throws in Louis is charming and asks her a lot of questions about yoga. Melissa then says that it's hard to believe that Louis wasn't into her Rutu didn't know what to say to that, but tells her to give him her best, and she excuses herself so she can teach her next class. Melissa thought that they would be getting married, and now she's just confused about this whole situation. Alright, so, uh, this is all kind of, I don't know, um... Predictable, I would say, yeah, yeah. Uh, so do you think that there was something going on between Louis and Rutu based on Rutu's reaction because if it was based on Louis's reaction, I would say yes, there was something going on.
0: Uh, no like I don't I don't I don't see there's Rutu just doesn't strike me as the person that's gonna work in the prison and then get involved with the prisoners
1: right. She didn't have that kind of vibe right. It,
0: and it also seemed like when she was like, Hi, I'm Louis girlfriend, she was like, Louis, that's Oh, oh yeah, Louie. Okay. Right, like, you know, yeah. it wasn't like I know exactly who you're talking about the way yeah. she did, because in Melissa's head there was already something going on that Rutu's response was gonna be like, Oh my god, I'm scared. Louis Louis has a girlfriend and she's here and oh, I've been messing around with this guy this whole time because why wouldn't she? He's super hot, you know. Yeah. It was I did, I felt very bad for Ruto because I don't, she is just like, I don't know, but she has any idea what's going on here, right? And it's like, why is some random person from one of my many classes that I teach telling me that, why is their girlfriend here demanding, telling me that she doesn't know why he wouldn't be attracted to me? This is weird. I don't. And she did say the thing I was like like literally was like I don't know how to what to say to that and she, and she literally said oh well, I don't know what to say to that
1: yeah <laughs> it's yeah just
0: very awkward situation
1: right right I definitely didn't get any suspicious vibes from Rutu but I think the way they cut it they kind of made it seem like she was being very vague on purpose
0: I think she was being very vague because she wasn't sure what Melissa was talking about like, right I'm not okay. Like, what did he get out of your class? Like, what do you want me to tell you? Like, I mean, did, did, well, that's a that's like question I think too. <laughs> yeah. She was like, the things you get out of yoga, you know, relaxation, mental like, mental awareness, like, the, the, the things you get from yoga. That's what he got out of my class. Like, did she think she was going to be like, what do you think he got out of your class? She was like, staring at my ass. That's right. I let him slap it all the time. Like, what did oh, she gosh.
1: think she was going to say? Yeah, who knows? Um, So what do you think was up with Louis being so hostile so quickly then?
0: Oh, I just think he, um, I think he kind of uses things as it, like he, I tell her what she needs to know and Mm -hmm. then I'm just really defensive about anything who's going to try to dig at anything. Mm-hmm. Like, because you might he, there, might, there is probably something he, that if she dug, he, she would find it, and he doesn't want to know that. He's going to nip the digging in the bud. Mm-hmm. Like that was, oh, you're digging? No no, 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 no. We don't do that. We don't. We don't ask about things I don't tell. I didn't tell you about. That, we're going to stop that right now, right?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel like he's someone who maybe is just generally kind of shady, and I feel like shady people definitely bring out people other people's insecurities and they're going to be more jealous because they don't feel secure and so i think that part of this could be that he's just dealt with a lot of jealous women and it's because he doesn't do his part to make them feel secure and he doesn't he's seeing kind of this glimpse of melissa maybe being jealous even though she wasn't overtly you know like to me coming off as jealous she was asking simple questions and if this is the first time you're asking a simple question it's like you shouldn't react now when he told tells her to drop it and then she says are you telling me the truth then it's like all right she's kind of stepped over into like all right she's you know maybe not taking you at your word if you're having to Ask, are you telling me the truth?
0: Yeah. And I mean, I definitely would trust tr- trust her word because I thought producers, did, and it might be editing, they did a great job of like cutting for her. She was like, mm-hmm. oh my God, the stuff this woman is doing. Her ass is like right in my face as they show her like ass clearly pointing away right. from everybody in class. Yeah. And <laughs> like, across
1: the room. Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's like, mm, I think you might be adding more to this than there really is. Right. Um, which is Which is there too. But like. This is the second person that didn't know the person they've committed to has a drug habit.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Th- yeah. It's kind of crazy. And I feel like she kind of knows what she's getting into. It kind of sounded like it. She's like, oh, you know, it's going to be part of, you know, the lifestyle having to like keep it clean, you know?
0: Yeah. But I I, I got the impression that she thought he was like, yeah, he did drugs from time to time because he was a party boy. And party boys do drugs yeah. sometimes. And not yeah. like like when he when they went there the guy was like, oh, no, he was super addicted. We all thought he was going to die. Like that was a that's definitely a different level than where she thought she was. But I don't know. It, it, we know he's lying to her because we already we have two people now who say he's well, I thought the plan was to stay in Georgia. Like mm-hmm. and so I don't know. It, it just it doesn't think like things are going to go well. And I don't think Wootoo is the problem. The root of the problem here.
1: Right. No, definitely not.
0: All right. So that brings us to Chelsea. All right. So Chelsea is packing up to get to – go, go to Kentucky to get to the bottom of this Mikey Stroke situation. But she first has to arrange how to get her son to school. Um, no mention about who's picking him up from school or who he's staying with or anything like that. Just she's going to dump him on the bus and get out. Oh, God. And then there's a the whole thing where she has – where they make her sign while she's driving, which seems like an awful idea. Like she's trying to sign to the camera while she's on the road to tell us what's going on. She wants to prove to everyone that Mikey is a good person, especially since her dad has been so unsupportive. So she gets to Mikey's mom's place and is really nervous since this is the first time she's meeting his mom. Then, when the mom comes out, they do the high-pitched thing again to remind us that she's deaf and the conversation is going to be a challenge. But the mom, Pamela, comes out and joins uh, his grandma, Evelyn. So they are depending on her ability to read lips, which is a thing, like, I don't... I don't know. We'll get to the reading lips. So we'll see how it goes. So Pamela's first impression of Chelsea is that she's pretty. And she cares about Mikey, so that's good. Pamela says that Mike was at, Mikey was at a hospital, but they wouldn't tell her which one for prison break reasons. They were afraid somebody would, like, show up and break him out of the hospital. So she asked to make sure, she being Chelsea, make asked to make sure Mikey is walking and talking okay. And he is, and while they're talking, Mikey calls his mom. So when she says something... When Chelsea says something while he's on speaker, it's actually the first time that he's ever heard her voice. Um, She had done video calls before, but they were always like silent ones where she just signed. So he says all the right things, and Chelsea is totally charmed. So he says that the care he got was substandard. Um, He might not have had to go to the hospital if he got medical care when he first reported his uh, symptoms. Um, And they told him, you're just dehydrated. Go sit down. Anyway, so Pamela tells him that they're going to see a lawyer about his care. And Mikey says he's excited about that. So Pamela seems to think that he's not going to do any better than Chelsea, so he better not mess this up. And then at this point, since she's closer to the prison, Chelsea wants to set up uh, a meeting to visit him. And then later we get the commercial segment, and it's this time is about Chelsea and her tattoos, which she certainly has a lot of. Pamela says that they're beautiful and she's always wanted to have one of her own but never got one. And now it's too late because her skin is all old and wrinkly and saggy. <laughs> So, Chelsea tells us that her next tattoo is going to be a surprise for Mikey that has, like, his signature on it. But we also find out that Grandma has a few tattoos she doesn't really tell people about. Um, <laughs> and if by a few, I mean seven, although we don't get to see any of them. So,
1: yeah.
0: uh, where do you think Grandma's tattoos are, I guess? Uh, they've
1: got to be all under the clothes, right? Um, yeah. I would say, I'm going to venture a guess, that one is on her ankle. Because that okay. is definitely a popular... Location, For a first if I'm thinking, tattoo. um, not, but like that age, right? Yeah. Because if we think about, you know, like if I think about where people had tattoos, you know, before tattoos were kind of like more common, I would say usually the back of your shoulders. Yes,
0: I was gonna say back of a shoulder.
1: Yeah. Yeah, back of shoulders, ankle tattoos, um, <laughs> one right above, like you know, your breast area. Um, like those are kind of common where you can kind of hide them. Yeah,
0: I've seen. And guys used to get them, they would get them like really like on the shoulder, like not the bicep mm-hmm. muscle, but the shoulder. Yeah. You wear it, even a t shirt, it covers that up.
1: Sure. And grandma was wearing sleeveless and we couldn't see anything. And she was right. wearing a V neck. So she could have had something maybe on her boob, on her ass, hip. Yeah. I'm going to guess hip, ass. I'm gonna guess Grandma's a little too old for tramp stamp. I'm gonna go out and venture that.
0: Yeah, that wasn't really a thing until later. She could right. have a, she could have um, Jessica's, you know, pelvic tattoo, of course, but I doubt oh, that's true God. too.
1: Yeah, yeah, Grandma. I feel like is uh, smaller, more tastefully done tattoos. Yes, I think she probably gets small. let I, yes. I agree. at least we hope. Yeah. So going back to this whole thing, it honestly, I. I'm so confused by this. It's like, I wouldn't think that the prison would lie to people but if it weren't for them i would be totally a hundred percent like oh yeah mikey and his family are telling the truth because they've really sold me on this everything that they've been saying makes a hundred percent sense but in my mind maybe i just uphold these institutions as being more competent than they are or i guess more honest it's like why would you say he wasn't in prison when he was clearly in prison i don't know
0: yeah, yeah, that's what's throwing me off is the, the time I went to check on, and maybe it is a policy. And, and I just I may, okay, back up. I don't understand why the policy wouldn't wouldn't be. Yeah, we don't give information out instead right. of just being just lie and tell him yeah. he's there. Like, yes. I, I understand if they said, "Listen, we don't give that information out." Like, mm-hmm. I, I, mm-hmm. that makes sense because you, I, the way she said it, it does make sense that you don't want anybody his close associates and people to be able to know he's at a much less secure hospital location
1: right, than in the right. prison.
0: Like, makes sense.
1: Yeah, totally right? makes sense.
0: And, but but why not just say we don't tell people? Why say, nope, he's fine, 100%, never left the prison. Like
1: Yeah. Yeah, that, that seems so weird to me, but everything else, like c- – Our first question is like mini stroke. That seems ridiculous. Like this guy's young, but he said he was in an accident where he got hit in the head with like a ball when they were like playing some game or something like that. Okay, now it's like all right. So there's a root cause to this. Makes a little bit more sense. Um, Talking about how like the prisoners like ignored him and didn't want to give him care at first and like didn't believe him. That all makes sense. Like all of this making sense. Like oh, we're gonna go to a lawyer because. you know like we don't like how they treated you and or the lack of treatment like that all makes sense their story is incredibly believable and it makes more sense in the whole grand scheme of things that they're telling the truth rather than the prison telling the truth but it just is so weird to me why would the prison lie
0: yeah the prison didn't actually have a story the prison was just like
1: no he's here he's fine
0: yeah I see
1: him right there. He's like, he's over there. He's fine. Well, I mean,
0: honestly, when you call the prison to check it out, I mean, yeah. this is this is to me believable. This, this I just thought of this literally right now. Right. Very believable. And you know this as well as I do with big institutions like that. When you call the prison, to check, it's not somebody who goes and looks at his cell and is like, nah, yeah, he's here. He yeah, looks yeah. good. It's somebody who opens a database and says, no, says he's here.
1: Yes, that's true. Right.
0: Yeah. And if they, somebody, you know, didn't update the database and they took him out or whatever, or didn't like you know put it in the right ball they just took him in the ambulance and somebody forgot to go into the database and you call the prison they go nope database says he's right here right yeah there's like a good teacher that a teacher that gets to take attendance you call the school and be like is my kid here they go oh yeah they're here yeah like,
1: uh that was my goal for this year is to be very good about taking attendance and so far so good
0: yeah i mean good. well we, we we definitely have to because we have enough students that are actually not there and when you look back and you're like we get in a lot of trouble not a lot of trouble but we're like there is definitely instances where like students have been like I couldn't have robbed that store. I was marked present second period. My teacher said I was there. <laughs> so,
1: yeah. yeah no. Make yeah. sure you
0: mark them absent.
1: All right. So, uh, we saw everyone but Emily and Dowry this week. Yeah. So, out of your out of the group we saw, who was your student of the week?
0: I'm going to say uh for just yeah. Getting right to the bottom of this, uh, this, this Mark character very quickly and just being like, hopefully, I hope for everything, just tapping out. like, Yeah. Right I actually
1: didn't even think about that. But yeah, you're right. Um, yeah. Since I actually said Boston, mm-hmm. I mean, considering how we've seen her in the past, she was as grace as she could be while also trying to protect herself, protect herself in a way that wasn't attacking as well. Um, right. Yeah. Uh Trying to defuse the situation. I thought everything she did, like keeping her distance, was super reasonable, um, not antagonistic. It mm-hmm. did make Ty look bad because of how good Boston was in this situation. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, it made Ty look worse sure, than sure. she already was. <laughs> yeah. Um, OK. How about your dunce? All right.
0: My dunce was... um I went with the double feature, Melissa and Jessica. Yeah. uh, Because they both made the same. They're both the same thing. They're like seriously committed to somebody who had a huge drug problem. They didn't know about. And I was like, why are you this committed to somebody? You didn't even know that.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's true. Um, I went with Mark. I mean, uh, the obvious it's like, why does he have these harebrained schemes? Why is he trying to get two of his girls that he's talking to on the phone with one another? You know, trying to convince one of the dumbest uh, plan and why he hasn't abandoned this plan, even though everybody has told him, even someone in the prison who went through the same thing accidentally, that this is not going to work.
0: Yeah, it it is very dumb. I just feel like, yeah, we're kind of piling on Mark.
1: (laughs) Well, (laughs) you know, sometimes people deserve it and Mark most certainly deserves it. All right. So what about your life lesson? All right, so
0: if, if the main reason you want to be in a relationship is because you want to win.
1: Oh, gosh. Like, yeah.
0: Then you shouldn't be in that relationship, certainly, and probably shouldn't be in any
1: relationship. Yeah, that's true. Uh, mine life lesson is uh, more geared towards Louie. So if you immediately blow up about something without being reasonable, then if that in itself is going to be more suspicious than if you just calmly, you know, dealt with or talked about something.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like and yeah. Even routine, if there's
1: nothing wrong. I mean, right? it, it was just yeah. ridiculous reaction.
0: Yeah. Yeah. The the defensive response mm-hmm. is definitely more suspicious than anything anything before or after that she learned about the situation.
1: Yeah, definitely. All right. Um so uh as far as we know, this group is gonna be back next week. Um and then we know that uh, Love After Lockup is going to be back uh, towards the end of December, maybe? Yeah, I
0: think it says sometime in December.
1: Yeah, so uh, we have this group for at least the next few weeks then. Yep. Okay, so until then. All right. All right. Okay. Bye. Bye.